0: Welcome to the NARPM podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co-founder of Empire Industries Property Management and co-founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us on the uh, NARPUM podcast today. However, you may be listening, iHeartRadios, iTunes, YouTube, just thank you for being here. Today, I am interviewing my old business partner from Empire Industries, Steve Rosenberg. I call this episode the Where Are They Now? I've been going to a lot of of the uh, NARPUM events, and uh, first question I get is, How are you doing, Pete? And the second question is, How's Steve doing? So I figured it'd be a good way to catch up with Steve. Plus, he's got tons of nuggets. For those of you who do not know Steve, he co-founded Empire Industries with me. He's an international commercial pilot working for one of the major airlines. Steve and I purchased single-family homes, apartment complexes, wholesaled, all prior to building Empire. Uh, Since our... I don't like I don't like to call it a split or a breakup, but but since we went our separate ways after we sold the property management firm, Steve has gone on to become one of the most well-known influencers in the real estate community, being a top contributor to Bigger Pockets, as well as other top-level real estate platforms. He's been a guest and collaborated on countless panels, webinars, masterminds, conferences, podcasts, as well as being a published author and now a paid-for and popular speaker so really looking forward to catching up with Steve in this episode and he's got like I said lots of nuggets. If you know anything about Steve, you know he and I think completely differently so it's great to get his perspective on all things Empire, how we built it and you know where he's going and his out just his outlook on real estate and property management in general. So but before we get to Steve, I want to talk about our hot topic our little hot topic. And so I want to talk a little bit about a different topic today, but why most property managers are unhealthy. So I want to give a big shout out to Peter Hernandez and the, C- the Citizen Home Solution team and all the people who are part of the Facebook group called PM Health. If you are not part of the PM Health group and you do want to get, um, you want to become healthy, you want to lose a little bit of weight, you want to have people there supporting you just to get excited, I recommend the PM Health Facebook group. But let's talk about not just property managers, but right I mean, right now we have a pandemic in this country about people are just overweight unhealthy heart disease, diabetes. Everything is running rampant. And a lot of it goes back to being overworked and being stressed. And that, my friends, is the definition of a property manager, unfortunately, is that they are overworked and they're overstressed. And when you're overworked and stressed, It leads to overeating, it leads to drinking, it leads to being too tired to go work out. And it also leads to, you don't think about it. So you're not preparing your meals, you're not learning or educating yourself on the best ways to eat, to eat healthy, and also, you know, how to work out. So how do we solve that? So first, I'm going to put a shameless plug in for VPM solutions, because one of the things that you should do if you're a property manager if you're overworked and overstressed is hire a virtual team member through vpm solutions or through any of the virtual assistant companies out there and get some of your time back right offload some of those tasks because a lot of times we're doing low level low enjoyment tasks when we probably could be spending time with our family getting healthier and so i would suggest doing that to reduce some of that stress and some of that workload a couple of tips i have also is first thing is work out in the mornings. When you start a new routine, get up a little bit earlier if you can, or start your day a little later and start and do your workout in the morning, whether that's walking, running, lifting, whatever it is, uh, going to a a class because when you work out in the morning, nothing in the day can mess up your workout. You can't like nothing comes up where, oh, now, you know, if I was going to work out in the afternoons, but now I have to work late. Now there was a meeting that got thrown on my calendar. Now something happened. I'm super stressed. I want to go out for a drink and, and talk to my, my buddies uh, over happy hour. By doing it in the morning, nothing, nothing uh, can happen for you. And before you even work out, do not open, you know, open up your phone, your email. Just get up and, uh, and do your workout in the morning. Prepare your meals uh, for the week on Sundays. So this is something that that I've learned from my wife, actually, we go food shopping on Saturday, prep all of our stuff on Sunday for the week. This way, you don't have to think so now you already have your food. So if you are working and you don't have time to prepare, you already have your food prepared for the week, you did it on Sunday. And so now you can eat healthier foods throughout the week. Find a coach. We're all big at Narpm. If you listen to this, you're you're definitely into Narpm. You've found mentors. You found masterminds. The PM Health is a great start. But find a coach if you don't know how to work out. Hire somebody to teach you how to work out. If you don't know how to eat, hire a nutritionist or hire you know a mentor. Find a mentor that can help you eat healthier or that can help you with your with your workouts. Also, create a goal. If you have a goal in mind right? maybe it's losing weight, you want to complete your first 5k. Maybe it's you want to, you know, do a CrossFit class, you want to be able to get through a CrossFit class without like, you know, killing yourself, create goals, because I had a buddy of mine, all he did was work out. And I was always running and lifting and doing all that stuff. But I was always doing a race, either had a bike race or a triathlon or a marathon or half marathon or a 5k. And he's like, man, I'm jealous of you, because you always have a goal. And so it would be tough for him to stay motivated just to lift weights. Now, he did it for so long, it was a habit, and, and he just would keep doing it. But he really was hoping that um, he could, could create some, some higher goals for himself. And then know your why. Why do you want to be healthy, right? I mean, it's not just because, you know, when you get older, you don't want to be looking like one of those people that are in one of them little segways or one of those little, you know, carts that you see at the casinos all the time. They're driving themselves around because they can't get anywhere. Or, you know, to get on and off the plane, they got to wait for somebody to give them a wheelchair. Like, we don't want that. You want to be around for your kids. You want to be around for your spouse. You want to be able to play with your grandkids. Like, you have to think through through this you know, as you get older, if you want to be in good shape at 80, you better start at 40. And so if you do those things, I think you can help yourself become healthier, right? It's not all about like, oh, I need to be 10% body fat. It's all about living a healthier lifestyle. And we know that being overworked and being stressed leads to, you know, heart disease, it leads to heart attacks, it, it leads to hypertension, it leads to obesity. So please, if you can't take care of yourself, you're not gonna be able to take care of the business. You have to take care of yourself. All right, we'll be right back at this commercial break, and we're gonna talk to my business partner, my old business partner, Steve Rosenberg. Thanks, guys.
0: Create the best move experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white-glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities. But more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com.
2: Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today.
1: All right, welcome back everybody. And promised, I have my old business partner, Steve Rosenberg. So Steve, thanks for being here.
3: Old, I like the way you emphasize that ex, word old. Is it
1: ex-business partner?
3: It's never an ex. Prior.
1: Prior business partner. Prior. I feel like... But um, forever friend. You know what's funny? It, <laughs> it is, but you know what's funny? We, we were in business for, what, 20, over? About around right around 20 years together. Yeah. Apartments, single family homes, yeah. empire industries, property management. And when we sold everything it was almost like I felt like it was like a divorce yeah
3: it's like we're breaking up it's like watching <laughs> it as the car drives away in the back seat waving tears coming down
1: <laughs> we always said that it'd be harder to uh, to, to, to devor- break up to break do, up yeah, than divorce than divorce our wives yeah so true so I've been to a couple of conferences since since I've left Mind, mm-hmm. and everybody always always asking, what is Steve up to now? So for those of you who've been asking or been wondering, if you haven't been seeing Steve on all of his Facebooks and Instagrams and all that stuff. So Steve, tell everybody what you've been up to since you left Mind.
3: Yeah, you know, I always tell people I'm kind of like an onion with a lot of layers, right? And so I, there's a lot of things I'm doing, but despite what most people think, I am being very focused in my strategy. As you know, I had a challenge with that in the past of having a shiny object syndrome, we'll call it. So what I'm doing now is really focusing on working with businesses, coaching them, and not just in the real estate or the property management world, but looking at businesses, taking the knowledge that you and I have have you know learned over the past 20 years, and realizing that things that you and I I guess, I don't want to say take for granted, but things that you and I learned and became elementary to us is very foreign to other people. And when you start talking to people- It's foreign to us when we was, first it, learned yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. I, You know, I mean, I was talking to a guy and I said, you know, it's just like that book, The E-Myth. And he was like, the what? And I said, The E-Myth. And he said, how do you spell that? And I said, <laughs> E-Myth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and so, but again, I to me, it was so foreign- In the beginning, now it's not. And so again, it's not like everyone was on the same path we were on, educating, trying to be better. So now what I'm doing is I'm working with businesses, I'm coaching businesses, I'm working with people that want to take not only their business, but really it's themselves to that next level because- you and I realized early on that it's not just the business. It's who we had to become. Like we had to change yep. ourselves. I mean, the people you and I were when we were sitting in your, you know, back porch drinking whiskey, mapping out what empire industries was going to look like was much different the day that we, you know, when we sold empire. So it's, we went yeah. on a journey, we went on a path. And Although
1: we still drink whiskey and, and dream we still about sit stuff. on the
3: back porch and draw <laughs> on things, but different now. But, but yeah, so I'm kind of, morphing into that you know i've realized that if i can help other people and i can help other businesses just like you're doing with with vpm it's it's a way to give back of all of our knowledge and so that's kind of what i'm focusing on now
1: so it's funny you said something about the shiny object syndrome and the focus right and so a lot of people always ask me like why why was empire so successful so what would you say was the reason why like you had built a successful business
3: well, I, I, I know the answer because I say it all the time and I, uh, there's several things. The first thing I would say is you and I, I think we're very good at respecting each other and staying in our lanes, right? We were very good at respecting the fact that you had a job to do, I had a job to do. And even though we would get into our pissing matches and, and brotherly arguments, we still respected the fact of your position, my position, and we always put the company first and i think that the selflessness that you and i gave to the company and we always i mean you know you and i were students for the company like we basically did everything we could to try to grow the company selflessly i mean we we had a we obviously had had our reasons why we wanted to do it but i think the fact that we look every time we got an argument every time we had an issue we were always like what's the best thing for the company and I think the fact that we were selfless and that we stayed in our lanes, look, you were a master at operations, accounting, setting up the structure. And I was good at marketing and sales. You know, you were like, I don't want to get on stage. And, you know, as, as you know, and, you know, whenever I was on stage, it was like, look, it's not me. Pete's the one doing it. I'm just the guy that you happen to see up front. So I think the fact that we respected each other, we didn't have egos. We never, we never, it was never me. It was never I, it was always us. And I think a lot of people could learn, even though it sounds so simple, I think a lot of people could learn from that because, you know, I think we are one of the very few partnerships that survived, you know, and have survived and probably could keep surviving if we started another business because we're so good at staying in our lane and we're so good at protecting what we do very well, but respecting the other person's position.
1: Yeah. I think each of us had a superpower or unique ability. Yeah. And- we, we definitely did not infringe on the other's unique ability. No. And uh, your unique ability obviously was marketing, sales, brand awareness. Yeah. right. Without that brand awareness, I, I don't think we're an, as attractive as, an in, as a company to to be purchased.
3: Well, and I remember, you know, I, I always, again, I always tell people the story. I'm like, you used to always say, like, Steve, you come up with 10 ideas a day. Nine of them are stupid, but one of them is the moneymaker. <laughs> and your job was to sift through them and figure out, are there any moneymaker ideas?
1: I got to say, I'm glad that's not my job anymore. uh, (laughs) Your your new business guy, Zach, I I don't, I I definitely, God God bless you, Zach. Well,
3: he's a little less, less political as you. He'll just say, that's effing stupid. Don't do that, you know, (laughs) but yeah, but you know, you learn. And and, I mean, I think that I've evolved because of that, because you helped me stay in my lane. and, And I think that carried through when all of a sudden I'm on my own and I'm like, okay, there's no one there to keep me in the boundaries. Now I've got to do it myself and probably same for you. You know, now you're taking the reins and marketing VPM and learning probably a lot of the things that I used to do and kind of going, Oh, yeah, I remember Steve did this or talked about this. And, you know, we were, I don't know if it's good or bad, but we were so vertical in what you and I did. We, it was almost, we used to joke, it's almost like we ran two different companies.
1: We did until we had to like come have a come to Jesus meeting and like merge the companies. Steve (laughs) ran a sales and marketing firm, I ran a property (laughs) management firm. Um, You know, one of the things though that, that I think is really interesting is you said it earlier where you have focus now. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I had to do was I had to like literally like tell you to say no more. Yeah. And so for business owners out there, why is it so important that they say Uh no more than, than yes?
3: Well, I can tell you from a lot of the businesses I'm coaching now and from my experience of, of you and I, you know, I could explain it like a light bulb, right? If you saw a light bulb in the sky, it wouldn't burn through your hand. But if you took that same amount of light and made it a laser, it would burn through your hand because it's concentrated focus. And, you know, what you were so strict on me to do, and it forced me to be that laser to focus on being that one thing. Like, Steve, you got a lot of things, do one of them. And I was like, I don't want to do. How many that. times I tell I you know.
1: when you come with an idea, I'm like, that's great. What <laughs> yeah. where, do you want to take off? Yeah. Yeah. which idea do you want to take off yeah. and, and add to the uh, or next? Or do you quarter? want to do
3: it in 2022, 2020? Yeah, exactly. We we're like <laughs> five years ahead from all my ideas. But but I think that you know I've learned that when you are saying yes, you really are saying no to something. I mean, there's something that's getting pushed off. the Oh, plate. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. So you know, yeah. and so it's really a matter of when. Yeah, you can say yes to this concept or idea. But again, it's the same way you said. It's just another way. So what are you saying no to? So I was at a, um, a training event and one of the guys, he said something that really hit home with a lot of entrepreneurs that were there. And he said, the next time you say like, oh, I don't have time because you know, you're saying yes to things. He said, what you need to say is that's just not a priority to me right now. So if you mm-hmm. say, I want to spend time with my family, but I don't have time this weekend. Just say, spending time with my family this weekend is just not a priority to me right now. That,
1: that puts it into
3: perspective, know. It you know, sure and you start realizing like, wow, like the words you say matter, right? Words yeah. matter. And the words you say to yourself. So you can fool yourself. And like I used to do and think, well, Pete, I'm, I'm getting more effective because I'm getting a wider net. You know, we're going to do this and we're going to do eviction only. We're going to do maintenance. <laughs> and we're, we're, you know, and you're like, no, we're not. We're going to manage properties.
1: I got to tell the story when uh, when Billy Lopez and Billy, I love you to death, man, and uh, hopefully you're listening. So Billy Lopez was working with was it LP
3: L- LPMA
1: LPMA at the time, and Steve comes Talk into about my office, busting
3: a balloon right there.
1: <laughs> so Billy comes to visit our office, and he Steve runs into my office. He's like, "Hey, man, me and Billy got this great idea. I want you to come check it out.
3: We're going on tour." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Literally It was going on tour So So I sit down And we're in the conference room or We're actually in Margo's old office I just filmed the there. promo
3: video for it <laughs> <laughs>
1: And Steve and Billy, start, so basically Billy was trying to get LPMA off the ground. And he said, oh, Steve is going to come, you know, and do 12, was it 12 shows or something like that. And I looked at it and I said, who's the target? And he's like, oh, property managers. I go, who's our target, Steve? He's like, uh, who's the investors? And then I'm like, um, Steve, do you know once, like 12 times is once a month, you're going to be traveling away from your family. And Steve's like, uh.
3: And then it's like, and the day before and the day after. So that's three days. And he started breaking it down and it wasn't as, as and then, glamorous. Thing.
1: And then I go, yeah, no. And I w- got up and I left.
3: I away. Me and Bill are sitting there staring at each other like, wow, he just popped our balloon very quickly. Dad said no. But, I. But you know, in, in hindsight, when you think about that, how many business owners don't have a Pete or, or have a Steve, right? And so they, they stay stagnant. One thing I'll say is, you know, you and I being gone out of the industry for two years, you know, after we sold. Myself coming back into the industry, the one thing I'm noticing is. It's almost like some people are stuck, not all people, but some people are stuck in time. They're the same people, the same companies, the same everything. They haven't mm. changed. Not saying they've gotten worse, but they haven't gotten better. They're just the same. And I think to myself, like, I don't think you and I ever had the same day, let alone the same week, <laughs> month, or year. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's good, but, I, but I'm saying that, like, you really think about that and say, like, okay, are you happy with the same? Like, is that really what you want? Because a lot of people I talk to... And some
1: people are. Some people are. And that's are, fine. And there's nothing
3: yeah. wrong with that. Absolutely. I just but a lot of people aren't, but they convince themselves that they, you know, they, they want to be in the business. They want to, you know, they've got these definitions that they want to identify themselves as, you know, great operators and all, and that's fine. There's again, there's nothing wrong with that, but are they being honest with themselves? Right. Are they, you know, being stagnant, being the same?
1: I I don't know. It's the, it's the people like they identify, they own a property management business, but they identify themselves as a property manager. Yeah. Right. And then they're the same ones at the bar later on that night complain that they're too busy inside the business. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they want to get out of business. So go ahead.
3: No, just I I remember one thing that you and I were always clear about. And we learned this from coaching. Right. Is that we just happened to own a business and that business was property management. I used to always tell people like, you know, we have learned how to run a business. We've learned how to operate businesses, which. At first, it didn't really make sense. It reminds reminds me of that karate kid where we're doing these fundamental things of, you know, waxing (laughs) a car. Yeah, we're doing these things. We're like, this doesn't make sense. But what what we learned is all of a sudden, it was like clicking up. And we started clicking and clicking faster. And the momentum started building because we were so focused on marketing, right? Remember in the beginning, I was just, you know, going crazy trying to figure out this marketing and ads and, you know, the way the postcard should look and the font. And, you know, and after it started moving, it started picking up steam. And the video content, you know,
1: yeah, but then you hired. Then we hired a marketing person. Then we hired. So even though we were quote unquote, we saw ourselves as business owners. We also had to wear the hats of like I wore the hat of the property manager, yeah. the leasing agent, the accountant, the HR person, and whatever else is out there, right? And you wore the hat of the salesperson, the sales assistant, the marketing person, the and then the all teacher,
3: the teacher of the, teaching CE classes. Remember, right. you know,
1: right? And but we never when the goal was always to to grow the business so that we could bring in the leverage revenue it out so that we can leverage it out and hire some more people so that we would then eventually near the end you literally were actually out of the business yeah. and i had one hat yeah ceo yeah and 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 maybe integrator hat at that at that time
3: yeah and i think that's one thing that you and i really st- we really took that idea and ran with it you know i was probably a little bit in front of you in the idea which you know, you weren't funny. Now what you do, you weren't really big, big on VAs. And if you remember, remember we had to. I'm a control and, freak. And you, you were, <laughs> he even made me sit in this exact spot. Uh, <laughs> you know, and remember in the beginning you were, you did not like the idea of VAs when I was like, I'm getting a VA for marketing. I forget, I forget the girl's name in, in the Philippines, but.
1: Uh, oh yeah. That's right. The first, first yeah, the first one. Yeah. one. And you were like, yeah.
3: no, no. And I was like, man, this, this could be something we just got to figure it out. And, and we did. And I mean, look at how it exploded, you know, empire.
1: And then, you know, the one thing that I do is once, once the idea clicks, once it clicked, I take it kind of deep.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I right. mean, yeah, you took it and you're like, we're doing this, this, this. I mean, it was like, boom.
1: Yeah. We got finally got to the point where the whole business was run by VAs and then the What'd you call the property managers? You changed the name. Do you remember what you called them? I forget. Client relations specialists. Client relations specialists. Client relations specialists, because we didn't want them to be gophers and just yep. do like, hey, go for this, go for that. Yeah. We wanted them to be asset managers. We yep. want them to be like talking to your 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 wealth advisor.
3: Exactly. And and you know, again, it's just a I mean, not to, you know, talk a lot about the VA model, but you know, a business is all about leverage. It's all about leveraging people. And I mean you know, and systems. And, and, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm a systems guy, systems, right? Systems, <laughs> yeah. And it's right person, right seat. You know, do you pay a $50 an hour person to do a $5 an hour job? You know, it, or
1: are you that $50 an hour person doing a $5 an hour job.
3: Even, even worse, right? even worse. And, and my bigger question, when you go back to that opportunity cost is what is that $50 an hour person not doing because they're doing the $5 an hour job? So they're missing out on tasks that should be right. done.
1: That's a great that's a great point because how many of our property managers were not building relationships yep. with our owner clients yeah. because they were too busy doing menial tasks. Being busy. Yeah. Remember when the the first checklist I built? It had like <laughs> Pert first name here. Pert second I think it was per 19, last
3: name here. So I gotta tell the story. So this is a funny story. So Pete comes out and he's so I you know, being an airline pilot, obviously checklists are pretty fundamental to us and trained by Boeing and the airlines and stuff. And Pete comes out with this checklist and it was like, I think it was 19 pages. It was like sit in your seat. Check. Turn on it wasn't computer, that bad. Check.
1: It was I, bad though. It was, it it was, was pretty yeah, in depth. It was, it was a, great training manual.
3: It was amazing training for someone who did not sit in their seat. So, <laughs> so it, 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 I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like on page stinker. three and I'm like they haven't even gotten to the to doing anything. They haven't, they haven't entered any data into <laughs> yeah. the system yet. Yeah. So and I remember I was like Pete. Do you know how many pages? Like when we fly an airplane the most critical time is when you lose an engine. That's the most critical time. And that is when all the shit hits the fan and we got to dump fuel and we got to secure engines and we got to come back around and land. And that is three pages for all of that to happen. Yours is 19 pages for <laughs> someone to enter someone's information. <laughs> and I was like, this has to be one page. It's gotta be one page. And, and yeah. you know, it's the things that kill you. That It's just like on a checklist. It's the things that will kill you in a business that you have to check. It's not all the rote things because- You've got to assume somebody has a brain to do that, and I, and I know. Look, back then they didn't have the Podios and things of the world. We had to create our own because those right. didn't exist.
1: Yeah, so I think the takeaway here is, if you're listening, is you can overengineer something. Yeah. And now that the automation has caught up, because that was before. You're right; before any automation was out there, we were using SharePoint checklists, I believe. Yeah. And so there was no automation. But the automation is what you know is is can build that that easy stuff that can be done automated. And then the things that can kill you, that's that's on the checklist, right? Yeah,
3: and, and look, at the end of the day, the one thing I think people need to be careful of is that that automation could also kill you because you can depend on it too much without having the the understanding and the training. You know, it's like flying a plane. We can run things by a checklist, but at some point when you lose an engine, there's training that kicks in. So I think a lot of people that I've talked to recently they love these apps and these gadgets, but there's no actual substance of training behind.
1: People just know how to do the check boxes. They, know to they, do don't, the check they box. don't know the, exactly. the, the full deal. Yeah,
3: there's no, yeah. you know, and that's, I think training is so vital because it's not when things go right, it's when things go wrong. And what does this right. person do and how do they deal with it?
1: And the things that go wrong in PM, they could be costly.
3: They could be costly. Yeah, they can be, you know, I mean, they could affect your livelihood if you lose your license. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, yeah. you can lose employees. I mean, there's, it goes many, many ways.
1: So, Steve, I'm going to pivot here. Talking operations, I, not yet, not <laughs> okay. yet. I'm going to pivot here because talking operations with you is kind of it's it's Awkward. almost it's it's like almost laughable considering all the all the meetings we that you did not show up to for our operational meetings. I don't need to. But do that. let's talk about something that's near and dear to your heart. Let's talk about growth. Okay. Right. So you really like you you were actually a keynote speaker at NARPM a couple of years back, if yeah. I remember. And so you you always always push me for growth right. and almost like. Completely out of my comfort zone. Not only did we grow number of doors, but we also grew different locations. Right. Now, a lot of people, their biggest challenge is how do they grow the business. Right. So, if, if for the people listening that own a PM company, what are the, like one or two tips that you would give them on best ways for them to grow their business? We well, got the mindset thing. So, yeah,
3: I, I think I think number one is understanding the monetization of their business and where do they get the best money. And how do they monetize it the most? So if you and I have talked about this long time ago, and and I bring this up a lot for all businesses, not just property management, but the first thing you have to do is you've got to become that number one brand that everybody thinks of. So when they're in their industry, do they think of you when they have an issue? Are you the go-to? You know, you think of the spa industry, you think of jacuzzi, right? Tissues, you think of Kleenex. When somebody says, I have a problem with my property and I need a management company, are you the brand that they think of right away? So you've got to learn how to dominate. You and I were really, really good at being that educators and dominating the yeah. brand.
1: You know, when we started, we were the fifty dollars a month guys. Yeah, our website looked like it was if you're a $50 from $50 the northeast, <laughs> it looked like Crazy Eddie. If you know Crazy, or you know, like the the local furniture guy in your in your market. Yeah, you know, he's got the chainsaw. He's got some crazy. That that was us, right? Yeah. We were like the low guys, and then and then because of Steve and and our coach. We changed our whole branding and our whole marketing and we literally became, I guess we were kind of of like the high quality property management firm like a year later.
3: Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, we were not afraid to implement change. And we increased our pricing. And we increased our pricing. Like we went right full scale, you know? So, so the first thing is, is understanding how to be that brand. That's the first thing. And that doesn't cost any money, right? There's, there's free education content you can provide. There's a lot of things that you could do to be the differentiator in your industry. The next thing I would say is you have your case studies right now of the types of clients that you want and the types of clients that you don't want. So if everyone took their clients and they graded them A through D, right? So a D client, as we know, is someone who's cheap and they take up a lot of your time and every time that phone rings you're like oh my god I don't Get adj- to- we
1: call it Ajita yeah, like a stomachache yeah you, know, stomach you ache. know
3: it right every everyone yeah. listening to this knows that so if you they're
1: they're already figuring out who that they have a name in their head they're, they're already like, do. oh, that's everybody so-and-so. does right
3: yeah. we had a couple at our company same people yep well, names will now not be we, named we won't name them but then you have the C clients right and the C's are either cheap or they take a lot of your time or they've got a bad property but not combination it's one so they're they're tolerable but they're not the, the they're not like you don't want to fire them just yet
1: you don't want to fire them but you're not looking for more of them either
3: exactly now you have the bees and the bees mm-hmm. are actually the silent majority so the bees are the ones that pay their bills you actually don't hear from them unless there's a challenge unless, unless there's, there's a, challenge like a legitimate the, issue a legitimate challenge yep. they you, they yep. talk to you they solve it no problem good to go I'll send you a check and they're good and those are the ones that you never hear from And then the A's are just like the B's, but they're evangelical, meaning they're raving fans. They refer people to you. So if you, so, and again, this is something everybody can do that costs them no money. If they took their A's and they took their B clients and they said, okay, what is the commonality between them? Meaning what is the age bracket? What is the income bracket? Where do they live? What industry are they in? There's going to be a common thread between them. And then once you figure that out, So you may say these are clients between 35 and 65 years old. They all seem to make middle to upper income. They all live. Maybe they're engineers. Engineers. And they all live in California and they buy in Texas, let's say. whatever Whatever that is. Right. So then you say, okay, what was their problem that we solved for them? So they had a problem and we solved it. Maybe they wanted to buy something in Texas and they didn't know. Whatever that was, right? Maybe they evicted sure. a tenant. Whatever. They
1: sold something in California at a 1031, whatever They, they had a yeah. challenge
3: mm-hmm. and, and your company solved it. Okay, that's the marketing message. You don't want the marketing message for the D's and the C's. That's not the people you want. So why send a marketing message to the people that you don't want to talk to? Find out what your A's and B's were, get that marketing message, and then figure out how to get them to buy more. So get them to become repeat customers because that brings your client acquisition costs down. So you the ca- how many times can you get them to ring the cash register? Mm. Which so, is,
1: so actually, once you market them and get them as a client, don't stop marketing to them.
3: Exactly. Mm. Let them know, hey, you know, because the average investor owns three to five properties. So unfortunately, when a lot of property management companies start actually asking their owners, they find out that they own other properties. They're just not managed by them. They're right. with other companies. And normally it's not by, by choice. It's just like, well, that hasn't been a problem. So we just kept it there because you right. never asked.
1: Or I didn't know you
3: can uh, help me buy one. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that was an option, right? We used to always yeah. battle the property manager, saying, "Hey, let's have an incentive program." But you know that
1: they were too busy doing the task stuff that we talked about earlier that they couldn't build those relationships. They had a 19-page so we checklist to money. get
3: through. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and then, <laughs> I keep bringing that one up. <laughs> the last thing I would say is the referral program. Getting them to refer. They say each person is worth 5.7 referrals statistically. So if you don't have a referral program, that's actually asking for the business of the A's and B's, you don't want 5.7 of the D's,
1: right? Right. You sure. want,
3: you want the A's and B's. So if you can come up with a referral program, doesn't cost you anything. It's actually going to save you money because you're going to be getting, these people are raving fans. So your conversion rate from a warm lead is going to be much better. So those are things that people can do right now. It doesn't cost you any money. It doesn't cost you any more in marketing. It's just changing the model.
1: Yeah, I remember when we did have the $50 a month, you know, kind of website, mm-hmm. and we were surprised that we kept getting these really low <laughs> income investors that didn't want to spend any money, yeah. right? What was our message saying? Do you remember early on, we were still in Minden, which was uh, a class D apartment complex I used to own. We an, should do a video there. We, we should, well, we well, <laughs> maybe not, like <laughs> get shot. Yeah, we might get a camera. So our we, we taken. had a class D apartment, com- D minus apartment complex.
3: That's, that's being generous. All right. I don't know if there's anything yeah. less than a D
1: minus. So, so anyway, we office it the first year, first eighteen months, I think it was. It was a while. And yeah, well, even one month felt like a year there. <laughs> it's like a black hole. But we didn't understand like you know, environment matters and our marketing mattered. And I remember we had this one, per, we had this one client that that called us. They had a ten thousand dollar a month rental. I
3: remember that. And
1: then they. Saw where we officed and we lost that client. I know, that's weird. That that's was so weird. shocking.
3: Yeah. Do you remember that guy, Jose, that came and had like 20 properties and we were like on someone's kitchen table, like Our wiping, maintenance guy's wiping kitchen food table. away off the table so we could talk to him? Yeah, why hey, didn't I still closed him.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He lasted less than a year, though. Yeah, he
3: did last less than a year. <laughs> He's too.
1: smarter than he thought. We yeah. we didn't know what we were doing. I till didn't trick
3: him. him. That's weird. I thought, I thought I had him.
1: You had him for a while. I did have him. <laughs> All right, so Steve, is there any other parting words before we go to a break and then get to the lightning round? round?
3: Uh, You know, I just, I would say, you know, one of the biggest challenges right now that I think people are facing is that they're not evolving and they're not changing. And, you know, look, the environment is always changing. The market is changing. And I think for people to assume again, in growth and operations, if they're not utilizing technology, I mean, we have these phones, right? There's these smartphones, they do all this technology. Oh, mine's a flip phone. Oh, <laughs> Most people have a smartphone. <laughs> but but we use phones for technology. We use software, but we don't use our team. We don't technologically advance our team with what they need to survive with the skills they need. So we're not evolving as a company. And I would say that if you're listening to this, and you're a business owner, I would say it's, it's your responsibility to keep evolving your business. Because if you're not going forward, you're going backwards. Mm. You know, it's, it's very simple. I mean, there's, you know, there's gazelles and there's lions out there. And if you don't know which one you are, <laughs> which one are you? You know, I mean, that, that's how it is.
1: All right, Steve, thanks. We're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back for the, the lightning oh, round. Boy. You ready? You nervous? <laughs> I'm nervous. We're gonna be right back, everybody.
0: Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, YourRIS.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S dot Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and insurance.
2: Pest share a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program starting at just $5 per door. You can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations, like bed bugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at pestshare.com forward slash property managers. Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant, but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistants for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part, VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit bpmsolutions.com and create your free account today.
1: All right, welcome back, everybody, to the NARPM Radio Podcast radio show. And I got Steve Rosenberg here. And, Steve, are you ready for the lightning round? You
3: didn't do the... uh... Oh, yeah, the the lightning round. Now I'm ready. All
1: right. What is one accomplishment or something unique about you that most people don't
3: know? I was the second youngest person hired... At a major airline, that's pretty legit. Yeah,
1: I didn't know that about you. You did, but I'm you the said owner. most. I said most. Which do you prefer, Marvel or DC? DC. DC. All right. I had one guy. I had no idea what one was. I'm like, okay, <laughs> is that a city? <laughs> what is one piece of advice you'd give someone just starting out in the PM business?
3: Pick a sale date and work towards that date and work it backwards. Interesting. Why? Because if you don't have a sale date, it's not a saleable asset. And if it's not a saleable asset, it's a job, it's not a business, and you'll never get out of it. And you'll never actually build the business that you think you're going to build.
1: That right there is worth price of admission They download something. That's a great one. What book are you currently reading or one that has impacted your business or life?
3: I would say 10X with Grant Cardone probably impacted my life the most. It made my life hell for a few years. (laughs) (laughs) Grant Grant says this. Grant says this. Where's my 10x poster? (laughs) Where's Grant? (laughs) Other
1: than the NARPAM Radio podcast, what podcast do you recommend?
3: I recommend, can I push my own podcast? Sure. Oh, I recommend my podcast as well, right behind Pete's. High Stakes with Steve Rosenberg. Real life, real business, real solutions. (laughs)
1: <laughs> now, and you, you, and you actually talked to business owners in that one,
3: correct? I t- yeah, I talked to all. Well, it's not just business owners; it's 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 everyone because everybody is their own business. So it's it's really the business of the person. These are pretty famous, influential people of all yeah. walks of life that have accomplished stuff.
1: I know you got the like as we're. As we are recording this, you have the Iron Cowboy, your your deal coming out, right, yep. with him. Yeah. And that'll probably be out before this
3: podcast,
1: but yep. hopefully people can go back and, and see yep. that one. Had
3: a Navy SEAL on talking about leadership, had, you know, a ATF body language expert talking about profiling and how to communicate better. So all different kinds of people.
1: All good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Guys, go check that one out. Okay. What Disney character do you most associate with? Oh, boy.
3: Which one do you think I associate with?
1: I'm, I'm gonna go Mickey Mouse, man. You're the leader. Really? You're the leader of the club. I was gonna say Ariel, but I don't know if that one fits. So is that I'll the be... girl with red hair? <laughs> yeah,
3: uh, yeah, because
1: um, you have long, luscious uh, locks.
3: My, my flowing <laughs> locks. Who's a talker? Who's, who's like who? Who does everyone like? <laughs> don't say Goofy. <laughs> All
1: right, we're gonna just go on Mickey Mouse and pass pass on that. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Uh,
3: I'm a carnivore, <laughs> so I don't eat carbs. I think it does. I actually like it. I don't I don't understand the... And and you see that we
1: were business partners <laughs> for 20 years. I don't know how. What do you prefer, dogs or cats? Dogs. All right. Steve, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how would they get in touch with you?
3: They can follow me on any of the social media channels, YouTube, or they can just go to my website, steverosenberg.com, R-O-Z-E-N-B-E-R-G. Excellent. And if you want to
1: join NARPM, go to narpm, dot or call them at 800- seven, eight, two, three, four, five, two. And if you are in the market for a virtual team member, check us out at VPM. So it's like virtual property management, vpmsolutions.com, or you can email me at Pete at com. Steve, thanks for, thanks for being here today, man. Appreciate Good to see you. you, brother. Thank see you. Later, brother.
0: This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers. The recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPUM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org.